Well, hello, here we are, right on the cusp of Christmas Day. The first Christmas I can remember is 1946, when I was four years old in India. This is Dick Foth with Stories from the Road. What is now Bangaluru in southern India, sort of the Silicon Valley of India now, was at that time a moderate-sized city, and we just lived there for a short time. But I can remember that Christmas. I don't know where in a land of palm trees my folks got a pine tree. I'm sure there must have been some around. What I do remember is the smell of it, not just the smell of the pine, but somehow we had gotten a box of what was then called ivory snowflakes. I don't know that that soap is even produced anymore, but if you put water in it and whip it up so it's like whipped cream, and then you take it in your hands and spread it on the branches, it hardens up and looks very realistic, very much like snow. And uh, the only challenge is that your house will smell like soap for a few days after the holidays. But it was a wonderful time that I remember. And I remember the generosity of people uh, who weren't with us. We were supported by folks back in the States and we got a box or two for Christmas. And inside for me, there were, I think as, as I remember correctly, two flannel shirts because I went to school up at 6,000 feet in the hills of South India. So we had two flannel shirts. But what I particularly remember is a red metal fire truck with an extension ladder. The whole idea that people would give each other gifts based on the premise that the greatest gift we ever got was the person of Jesus at what we call Christmas time now is just uh, stimulating and exciting. And generous people are magnetic people. I don't know anybody, I've never talked to anybody who just said, I'd like to hang out with a stingy guy, somebody who's a miser. But I know a lot of folks who say, I just like to be around that person because they're generous with their time and thoughts and so forth. So our daughter Susanna and I had a chat about that. Well, here we are, Susanna, the last uh, episode, if you will, of our quartet of episodes that we've used this December talking about Christmas. And uh, I love doing this with you. It's been so fun, Dad. It's been a fun way to celebrate. We might want to think about something else down the road. but <laughs> Sounds let's good. Get on, let's get on with this one for the moment. I think the way that Tim Keller in his book, Hidden Christmas, The Surprising Truth Behind the Birth of Christ, the way he frames it in the early pages, this is page two, captures the heart of what we've been talking about. Because of the commercial indispensability, he writes, of Christmas, it will remain with us as a secular festival. My fear is, however, that its true roots will become more and more hidden to most of the population. The emphasis on light and darkness comes from the Christian belief that the world's hope comes from the outside of it. The giving of gifts is a natural response to Jesus' stupendous act of self-giving when he laid aside his glory was born into the human race. 
concern for the needy recalls that the Son of God was born not into an aristocratic family, but into a poor one. The Lord of the universe identified with the least and the most excluded of the human race. I'd like to, for our closing podcast here, reach in and take that line. The giving of gifts is a natural response to Jesus' stupendous act of self-giving. You are in the middle of writing, helping to write a school curriculum for children through an enterprise led by our friend in Southern California, Brad Formsma. And Brad, some years ago, came up with this theme, this idea of I like giving. And it's been expressed now in books that he's written, in a podcast that he has called The Wow Factor, Words of Wisdom Factor. And now this this emphasis on trying to help children, young people, experience the joy of generosity. And you get to be one of the writers. How, do, how did that come to be? Can you just give me a little snapshot of how that happened? Well, we were connected through our good friend, Mark Batterson. Ah. And so they were looking for someone to help with some writing and some editing. And we got connected. And I, from the first time that I talked with Brad, was so excited about what they were doing. I think that, well, we like giving, Dad. There you <laughs> we go. like being generous. And so and you and mom have always been so generous and taught us to live that way. But the the framework that they talk about with I like giving, I think that Brad's entire family was transformed by the thought of generosity and how much that reflects Jesus to the world and how it actually helps us turn away from what our natural intent is to be really just thinking about ourselves a whole lot. It's kind of the thing that happened in the garden when we said, I want what I want when I want it. Uh (laughs) So the opposite of that is sharing what we have with others. And they have this really amazing framework called the seven ways of living generously that everything is built around. A lot of us just think about when we're being generous, that we're generous with our money. But there are a bunch of different ways that you can be generous. You can be generous with your thoughts towards others and towards yourselves, because some of us don't think too nicely of ourselves either. With our words, with our money, with our time, with our influence, our attention, and our belongings. So there are all of these different ways that we can actually share who we are, what God has given us with the world around us. And scripture, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. I think that's because it's who he is. I mean, the very person that he is, is so giving of himself. I think that we barely scratch the surface of how much it changes us and our hearts when we decide to embrace that instead of just, you know, thinking about ourselves or keeping what we have to ourselves, which is... What we like to do, most of us anyway, not you, Dad, but the rest of us. We like we like to be a little selfish here and there. <laughs> I have a master's degree in selfishness. It's okay. <laughs> but I've been forgiven, like yesterday. So Amen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So part of your responsibility and gifting in this collaborative endeavor for writing a curriculum about generosity is that you have written a number of what I call Dr. Seuss-like pieces of prose. 
And I'm going to read part of it. You sent me one. I'm going to read part of one. But the title of it is Jasper G and the Me Thinking Madness. How do you come up with a title like that? (laughs) Well, I think I got to piggyback on the ideas of a lot of amazing people that I'm working with right now. There's a group of amazing educators at I Like Giving that are writing the curriculum. And this little piece, they had come up with the idea of these animal friends that could help teach the seven ways of living generously. So when it came to thinking about being generous or being selfish, I think I tend to get caught up in the me thinking madness a little bit myself. (laughs) So that is probably where that title came from. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this and then we'll chat a moment. Well, and I should tell you too, that it's written under the pseudonym of I like giving and that would be better to give has written this. (laughs) Yes. Has written this book. Okay. Jasper G and the me thinking madness in the land of the givers where kindness is free lived a selfish giraffe who was named Jasper G. Jasper G sang a song when he got up each day. I'm the king of the world. Yes, I rule it my way. A giraffe with the most couldn't get quite enough. Oh, he wanted more toys and more food and more stuff. Till the day that the friendship Orama came through with bright colors and lights, it was something to view. There was something quite special about this fun fair, with the feeling of kindness that filled the spring air. All the moms, all the dads, all their kids came to play. Jasper G. brought his grandpa and came late in the day. I'm behind. Let me in, Jasper yelled at the crowd. It's not fair. I'm the king. He was fussy and loud. While the other shared snacks, Jasper G. shouted, mine. Then he shoved and he pushed, broke the rules, cut the line. Jasper G. called out, move, get away, I'm the first. All the kids told their friends, Jasper G. is the worst. When the partner up challenge was about to begin, Jasper G. said, I've got this. It's me for this win. Teams of two hand in hand would compete for first place in the egg toss, the relay, the three-legged race. Go real quick, find a friend, make a team. Oh, what fun. As the kids partnered up, Jasper G. asked each one, say, would you be my partner? They all told him no. Not a pal, not a buddy or friend. He felt low. He was left all alone with his old Grandpa G. While the other kids ran through their eggs, laughed with glee, Jasper said, they don't like me. They all stay away. Grandpa G understood and explained it this way. Do you think there's a chance that your heart has grown small from your endless me thinking, not sharing at all? There's a generous way that God gave us to live. Being generous is choosing to share and to give. Jasper G took a breath because his day had gone south. Then he thought of his brain and his heart and his mouth. Yep. My brain is quite filled of my thoughts about me, and my heart is quite small. In my mouth, it runs free. The giraffe wiped the tear rolling off of his nose. Can a small-hearted me make a change, you suppose? There's more to it than that. There's an ending to it. 
how do I get the ending, Sue? How do, <laughs> how do I well, get Well, the, the really fun part about this is even though we're writing these uh, books for the curriculum, it's actually a Generous Kids book club that you can sign up for and get one of the stories each month. They're super fun. The illustrators that are doing the pictures are amazing. And it's just a really neat way to connect with your kids or maybe yourself. <laughs> okay, so so where do I where do I go to get this? You can go to the generouskidsbookclub.com or you can just visit at generousfamily.com and you can find the books there. You can also get them on Amazon. So friends who are listening to this, this is a bold face promotion. Yes, it is. That I'm doing, not Sue. <laughs> so there you go. Well, Susanna, thank you for being with me. I think it'd be great to close our time in this quartet of podcasts by thinking about what the Apostle John wrote about Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only unique son that whoever believes in him will not perish or die, but have everlasting life. I love the way that one of my favorite translations of Scripture says it. Sometime back, 20-some years ago, I think, Wycliffe Bible translators translated Scripture into Hawaiian pigeon English. Mm. And it's called, uh, it's the New Testament, it's called Da Jesus Book in Hawaiian pigeon. And this is how it reads, and I'm just reading it the way it's written. John 3.16. God, when get so plenty love and aloha for the people inside the world, that he went and sent me, his one and only boy, so that everybody that trusts me no get cut off from God, but get the real kind life that stay to the max forever. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just get a kick out of the rhythm of that and hearing it. And the truth in the, is the same, whether you're reading it in English, Hawaiian pigeon, Swahili, Chinese, whatever it is. Well, that's it for now, Sue. I'm going to sign off. Thanks for tag teaming with me. You're the best. You're the best, Dad. Love you. Catch you later. Bye-bye. I love that phrase, to the max forever. Who wouldn't want to live life to the max forever? I would submit that comes from a generous spirit. One of my favorite stories that I've told, I don't know, hundreds of times in the last 25 years, is the story of a young boy standing outside a pharmacy, a drugstore in a very poor section of town. And for some reason, uh, a man drove up in a new Mercedes and got out of the car and clicked the fob and the beeper went off and started toward the door of the drugstore and the little boy says, cool car, mister. He said, well, thank you, son. And the boy persisted and said, where'd you get that car? He said, well, you probably won't believe this, but somebody gave it to me. <laughs> Kid says, get out. What do you mean somebody gave, who would do that? And the fellow said, my brother gave it to me. The little boy looked at the car, looked back at the man and back at the car and said, oh, wow, that's the kind of brother I'd like to be. 
And this Christmas, that's the kind of person I'd like to be. I want to be a giver, all in caps. I pray you do too. I also pray that you and yours, those close to you, those whom you love and who love you, have a wonderful celebration. And in the midst of all the food and, and um, condiments and candies and what, football games and board games, in the midst of all of that, remember at the heart of it is the Most High God who came in baby shape and that life changed everything. We'll catch you in the new year. We're so grateful for the fact that you listen in, subscribe, all of that. And we pray God's great blessings upon you in this season. This is Dick Foth signing off with Stories from the Road, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>